good to be among the living. A lot of places you go, there's a lot of death in the pot. I'd rather be around people that are on fire, glorifying God, not afraid of the movement of God. And today I am privileged to be here with you, knowing your pastor and his wife that are great, great people, amazing people, and we're here to serve with them and to be part of it. And uh, I am grateful to God for everybody that I've met here. A lot of people say, where are you from? I'm a Texan, born, born in Corpus Christi, Texas, and raised in a little city called Bevio, Texas. And I never knew that I was going to preach. Never had the idea that I was going to preach. But one day, one day the Lord made himself real to me in the home. Long time ago when Sonny Arkansoni opened his first home. Way back. Long time ago. Walked in when I was 22 years old. Got saved, gloriously saved. We had about 75 guys in the home, and uh, I was a rebellious creature, stubborn like a mule. They had me washing dishes for the past two weeks, day and night. 75 guys, can you imagine that? And they would dirty the plates over and over, make my life a little interesting. But I had an encounter with God in the home. And God changed my life in the home. He appeared to me like never before. I had this missionary lady that came from the kitchen. And as we were lining up there and praying, she, she broke the prayer chain. She walked in, kicked the door open. She was hot straight out of Mexico. And she started saying these words, Behold, the kingdom of God is nigh. And behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this earth. And the lady says, line up. And everybody was in a circle. And we, I, I never knew what God was all about. And she came and started laying hands on people. and started. They all started f falling. And uh, I looked. And the devil said, look at her hands. She's got those little electric dials. And she's electrifying everybody. And I was staring at her hands. And then... I mean, everybody was going down. I was the last one in line, and she came up to me and says, What's your name? I said, Reuben. She says, You know, God wants to use you, Reuben. And I said, Okay. He says, Well, I want to pray for you. And she laid her hands on me, prayed for me. I fell down to the sofa. And then the devil told me, That's a woman. She pushed you. I stood up in a karate stand. And she was watching me all this time, watching me. And she came right back to me. And she says, I told you God wanted to use you. She laid her hands again. Boom. I fell to the floor on my knees. I lifted up my hands towards heaven. I don't know if I had my eyes closed or my eyes open. But all I saw was a flamey heart come straight at me. I mean, it was high speed. Nothing hit my chest. When it hit my chest, I felt these demons come out of me. And all of a sudden, I felt God saying to me, I'm going to use you from this day on, and I'm going to change your life. And I could not, for the life of me, stop crying. I was crying, crying, crying. My soul was being emptied and emptied and emptied and emptied. I went outside. I was still crying, looked at the trees, and for the very first time, I could see the greenery, could hear the birds. I wasn't tripping no more on LSD. I wasn't going crazy. And for the first time, I felt the love of God. I called Stella. I said, you know what, Stella? I got saved. And she said, you probably flipped out on me. So she got so I said, well, I come to church. I was sitting in the church, and uh, I would invite her, but she didn't want to come. But then I stopped calling her. I said, forget it. And uh, all of a sudden, she said, I'm coming to church. And I was sitting down with all the homies. And uh, she asked the home director and said, can, I asked him, can she sit down with me? She said, he said, yeah, go ahead. She sat down with me. And there I was, worshiping God in the worship songs, lifting up my hands. 
And man, she started getting on my case. She said, you big hypocrite. Look at you lifting up your hands, acting all holy. I know who you are. And I said to myself, man, I want to hit this woman with the right hook. And I said to God, if you're real, Jesus, I want you to put a wall right here between me. Because I'm about to do her wrong right now. And that wall came in right between us. And I could not hear. All I heard was a little squeaking. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. That day she made the altar call and she got hit. And I said, man, God saved her. We went outside, we're walking, and she tells me, Reuben, I said, what? She says, I want to pay you back for everything you've done to me. I said, didn't you just make the altar call? Yeah, I did. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you back. And I'm going back to my church. I told her, I said, you go. I'm done with you. Get a divorce. Do whatever you want to. I found somebody that I love more than you. More than you. And she just looked at me, freaked out, and I stood in the home. Next service, she was at church. I ain't begging her. I'm done. Se acabó. Socas. And I said, no more. It's over. Oh, man, she humbled herself. Ain't too proud to beg. And she's asked me for forgiveness. And from there, we started walking. And then God baptized her in the Holy Ghost, saved her. And then we started moving along. Ended up two years in Bible school at nighttime, working during the day, supporting my family, going to school, graduated, didn't know how to read or write, but I graduated. How I did it, I don't know. I memorized everything, I think. And I graduated for the very first time from one school. That was God's school. God's school. From there on, my journey, I was 24 years old when I started my first church. I am 68 today. And God has been good to me. And I'm still healthy as a horse. Whatever that means. And I feel good. In the past 12 months in this church, and 12 years in this church that I'm in now, we've been able to plant over 110 churches in 12 years. 14 years, I'm sorry. 14 years. We got right now 58 churches in the Philippines. I mean, those Filipinos are so hardworking. They only earn like 40, 50 American dollars a month. But the churches over there are thriving. They're moving. They're special. I ended up in England preaching in the streets. The English folks got saved. The O'Connors got saved. We have four churches or five churches already in the Philippines. I mean, in England. And those churches have been going on for a long time. That was my first, first hit there. But God can use a nobody that will allow themselves to be used. If you're sick and tired of being who you are, surrender to God and say to God, I'm done with myself. Because you don't have to backslide drinking and all that. The Bible says that a backslider in heart is full of his own ways. Proverbs 14, 14. Full of his own ways. All you got to do is be full of yourself. Full of yourself and you're backsliding already. Well, some of us need to pick up our cross. And deny ourselves and start moving for Jesus so that God can do a work inside of our lives. Come on, somebody. God's looking for soldiers. God's looking for people that will say, I want to join this army. Well, I enjoyed myself here in this conference. I am blessed. Been married for 49 years with the same woman. Have 16 grandkids. Still love that woman. I look at her green eyes. I say, Shata Masata. Hoopa. Still some fire there. And she's the same way with me. I can't do nothing wrong married that long. 
They know you. Like pastor said today, they know you. And you think they don't know you. They know everything you do. Yeah. So he that findeth a woman findeth a good thing. Women are beautiful, man. But if you stop talking about, I was a playboy and I had all kinds of rukas, Cadillacs and all that, you know. You know how we are. You only need one. You can't even take care of that, what you got. You only need one. That's a full-time job. A one. But God says, I'll take one man, one woman, and I will turn their lives around. I want to speak a little bit because I know I'm going to run out of time. A little bit on the arrows of dominion. The arrows of dominion. And I want to read out of the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 44. I don't have it. And it's raining and the blessing of God is falling on us. Physically and spiritually. Amen. 44. Verse 44. And all that believed together and had all things in common. Let's go to 44. Yeah, 40, 40, I'm sorry, 42, sorry. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And sold all their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for allowing us to be here. I pray your blessing upon the word. I pray your blessing upon your people. I pray that you will stir your people and that you will cause great things to happen today. In Jesus' name I ask, amen and amen. The Bible says that these were ordinary men. Now I know that we have been called. I know that we have a divine calling and I know that he is he's the one that designs us. As we obey, he begins to change us. Every day is a new day, and his mercies are fresh every morning. So every time that we're meeting with God, every single day we wake up, God is changing us. He's changing us. And the minute that we decide, I need to change, you will make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for him. Make room for him. And the more he sees that you're making room, the better you get. Because God has a way of designing you. He has already known you from before you were even born. Before you were even in your mother's womb. He already knew you. He already ordained you. Now you just have to... Be let yourself be designed by God because God is the one that designs your life. So my question to you, how bad do you want it? Just like you wanted the drug, do you want Jesus that bad? Just like you desired your wife, do you want that bad enough as you felt in love with your wife or your girlfriend? You have to desire it like anything else, you've got to put it first. God wants to give you dominion. Dominion. And dominion means that you're able to conquer any wicked thing that comes your way and dethrone that wicked thing. Because we are people of God. We are not ordinary people. Tell your, tell your neighbor, you're not ordinary Now tell the other one on the other side, because they might be deaf on the other side. You're not ordinary. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 11, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. In the book of Jude 25, to the only wise God, our Savior, the glory, the majesty, dominion, and power 
both now and forever. God is saying, I am the ruler. I'm the one that rules and I'm the one that influences. Listen to me. We are nobodies, but when God makes us into somebody, even though you don't realize it, you have dominion over the powers of hell. You have the power to break any yoke you want to break. You have the power because you've been designed by God and because you're anointed and appointed and you're fired up with something that is supernatural in your life. It is not a cheap gospel. It is a powerful gospel. The mistake that everybody says with their own lips, they say, well, God is moving everywhere. No, God is not moving everywhere. God only moves where the gospel is being preached. God only moves where people are obeying God. God only moves when they have a spokesman. God can move in a bar. God's in a bar, but he needs somebody to tell that bar that Jesus is Lord. God uses men. God uses teenagers. God uses wives. God uses anybody that will say, I want to be used of God. And when you understand, you understand that you're walking in dominion. Dominion. This church had dominion. I believe that this church has dominion. I believe all the churches that are here have dominion. But some of us need to walk in that dominion. Because Adam did not go to school. Adam was in the garden. God educated Adam. God gave him dominion. He told Adam, I want you to name every single bird, every animal there is. I'm going to give you a supernatural mind. You're going to be able to call that big old fat thing, you're going to call it an elephant. You're going to fly that bird that just flew over, it's a canary. You're going to be able to give every animal a name. Come on. He didn't go to school. He went to God's school. So you can't say, I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. No, 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 no. You're not dumb if you're saved. You just found the treasure of heaven. You just found something supernatural that's going to give you power and strength to be able to do what you think you can't do. God will stir up your talents. God sees deep inside and tells you, you know what, girl? I'm going to make you into a preacher. And you're going to marry a preacher. And you're going to go out and you're going to do something that you've never done in your entire life. Why? Because God has dominion over you. The minute you got saved, you just started. Come on, somebody. Say amen. God has a purpose for you, but you got to surrender to his dominion. God establishes his purposes and his plans inside of your life. But if we're going to be a church, if we're going to be a fellowship or whatever you want to call it, if we're going to be all that God wants us to do, we're going to have to learn a few things. The church in the book of Acts, understood that they were just not ordinary. They had a purpose because they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and people were on fire. Let me tell you something. When somebody is on fire, you're not lukewarm. You're not saying, I got a headache and I can't come to church. Well, I don't feel too good. No, the old time fellowship that I was born in the Holy Ghost was you come to church whether you like it or not. And we, we started that way and we ended up with, I have not missed church. I love church. Anytime there is a gathering, I want to feel the power of God. There is something about God pumping you up. When you come in all tortured and all down, God has a supernatural way of how to lift you up out of the ground and give you a brand new message. The church was the church. They were stirred up. Tell your neighbor, stir up the gift that's inside of your neighbor. There can't be no lukewarm people here. There got to be some fired up people. Some people, just like you were a bully in the world. What, eh? What? What happened? Now you're a pussycat. Meow, meow. I remember, man, I, I, when I was 
pastoring my first church at the age 24, I started that church from nothing. They invited me to go speak in Bowman, and uh, uh, I think it was Bowman, and they invited in California, and they had, they told me, I want you to give your testimony, and I told Stella, come on, they want us to give our testimony, take our band over there, so we took our band, and those days I used to play the drums, and I had my hair up to here, and I didn't care, and uh, uh, they invited me, so I went, and they had Mr. America, man, I looked at that dude, that dude had muscles all the way up in his earlobes. <laughs> and I weighed 90 pounds at that time. 90 pounds. I mean 90 pounds light. I was a stud of studs. Don't <laughs> oh, believe me. Anyway. This is my story here. And I said to Stella, man, did you see that dude? He's got muscles everywhere. And look at me, Stella, my skinny old crazy guy. And I got to come after him. He said, well, you better pray, Reuben. I said, okay. I went into the bathroom and I started pacing up and down. Shata masita masata. Oh, God, I want you to help me. I got Mr. America over there. He looks too good. I want you to help me, Jesus, because I don't know what I'm going to do. This is the first time. And, man, this guy is going to take and stir up that place because he's Mr. America. I am nobody. So I'm pacing up and down, and they introduced Mr. America. They gave him an introduction, brother, that blew me away. I said, Lord, you got to help me. And then they gave the mic to the guy, and it, I don't know what his name was. They gave his mic, and I'm pacing up and down, speaking in tongues. And then he says, well, I'm so glad to be here. I said, thank you, Jesus. He might have muscles, but he ain't got a voice like mine. I said, Sita Maranda, I got up there, fired up. I said, oh, it's my turn, Lord, to, to make you real to them. Don't you dare think that you're a nobody. You're a somebody. You were not persons with cheap blood. You were persons with the blood of the Lamb. His power, his word is inside of you. Inside of you. The early church was a church that had dominion because there were arrows of dominion that would evangelize. They were evangelizing. You know why they had that on them? Because Jesus gave his mantle to his disciples. The Lord imparted to them. He went up to Peter and John, I mean, he went up to Matthew, Peter, and he says, okay, drop your nets. Andrew, Peter and Andrew, and on and on, drop your nets. Just like that, they dropped their nets, and God said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now, how are you going to explain that they let everything go by a few words? That's impartation. You will never know what impartation is unless it takes over you. And you can't explain it. No theologian can explain it. You just know that you know that the impartation hits you. It hits you and that you're not the same. That's why some of you guys don't want to go home. You want to live for God. That's why some of you ladies don't want to go. You want to live for God. That's why you do what you do because you're sold out. There's been a calling upon your life. It's a tangible presence that you feel that goes on and rules your life. But here's the key. God uses you when you start speaking. You got to speak the kingdom. You can't just walk it. You got to speak the kingdom. That's why you got to learn some verses in the Bible, memorize those verses, and, and then recite them. Why? Because God wants to use what you have. But he's got to use your lips. You got to speak. You got to speak. When the devil comes in with, a, with, with all his stuff, I said, devil, I got more dominion than you. Shut up. Just shut up and get out of my sight because my angels that God's placed around me, there ain't nothing you can do. Why? Because I'm a child of the king. I am full of the Holy Ghost. I am full of the fire of God. I'm not playing church. I love my God. Or else I wouldn't be here standing all these years. Yes. 
You got to rule by speaking. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 1, it says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 also, and set them two by two before his face at every city and place, whether he himself would come. He had a team, say with me, a team, that would evangelize. These guys were on on experience. They didn't go to school. They just lived with Jesus. They moved with Jesus. They did what God wanted him to do. And he was passionate enough to take them out to the streets. And 70 of one of the, 70 went out and they were speaking. And they were excited. And in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 17, it says these words, they came back and says, even the devils are subject unto us. You got some power. Say with me, I got some power. Say it again, I got some power. Notice that we are set in the atmosphere, a godly atmosphere. Why? Because we're speaking what God says to us. The devil was subject to us. And then... They were, as they were testifying, as they were witnessing, as they were evangelizing, the devil had to leave. In the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 18, it says, Behold, Jesus told him, Behold, I, behold I, I, Satan as lightning fell from the ground, from the sky. He says, while you guys were evangelizing <laughs> and you were speaking about me, I saw the devil come down like lightning. That's what you do when you speak the word of God without you knowing. Why? You're setting the atmosphere by your speech, by obeying God. Hallelujah. Satan's throne had been humbled by simple men that were full of faith. The presence of God is evangelized. Uh, the presence of God is moving as you evangelize. You know what evangelize is? Is that you're testifying about Jesus. Yeah. You might be selling candy, but you're not selling candy. You're pushing Jesus. Yeah. You're pushing Jesus. God's giving you skills. How to talk to people. How to grab their attention. And how to hit them with the gospel. Come on, somebody. You got to give Jesus a clap offering. Am I in a live church or am I in a dead church? See, when you are speaking the word of God, you go into your home and you speak the word of God and you clear the atmosphere. When you go to the job, you speak about Jesus and you clear the atmosphere. When you go into the high schools, you clear the atmosphere by your testimony, by speaking. When you come to church, you hear the speaker and he does something for you because there is something supernatural that he's imparting to you into your spirit. God's dominion only comes as you speak. You say, Brother Reuben, I am so quiet. Well, let the Holy Ghost come on you. You won't be quiet no more. You'll be a parrot. I had a parrot when I was young. Still, I used to love him. His name was Pete. Pedro. And Pedro used to get up in the mornings before we ever got up. And Pedro used to say these words. Get up, get up, and start working. And everybody that walked into my house, all the pastors that walked into my house would say, man, that bird is saved. He's really saved. I've never heard. That's a divine bird. I said, stick your finger in there and see how divine he is. <laughs> Pedro had some power. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you got to start talking, neighbor, about Jesus. Say it again. You got to start talking, neighbor, about Jesus. Not about how bad you were. Not about all the sins you committed. But about Jesus. What Jesus did inside of you. How he cleaned you up. How he made you into the man of God. How he cleaned you, ladies. How he cleaned the church. That God cleaned you up. God cleaned you up. The stories you use for the sinner. But you don't get stuck there. You want to win him to Jesus. 
And Jesus turned around and said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the powers of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. When the enemy whispers in your ear and you allow him to sit there to chew on your ear, you got to rebuke him. When he tells you, I'm going to kill you. When he tells you, I'm going to kill your family. When he tells you, man, I'm going to lay a sickness on you. When he tells you, man, your family don't love you. And all this stuff that goes into your mind as he's talking, you've got to identify that devil and say, the blood of Jesus is upon you, devil, and there ain't nothing that you could do to me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I renounce. I renounce the hidden works of the devil. You got to do some more. Ponte los guantes. Put on your gloves, man. And start fighting. Don't just be a pussy. Well, the devil's hitting me. Can you pray for me? Pray for yourself. Get into your closet or walk around and rebuke the devil. I don't know what's going on. I'm rebuking you. I command you to let go. You got to be radical. Some of you say you were radical in this and that. You blow up how radical you used to be. Let me tell you something. If you were that radical, get radical for Jesus. Get radical for Jesus. Man, it's raining here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I feel like I'm taking a shower. Hallelujah. And there ain't no problem with that. I feel good. These 70 returned with a good report that they evangelized. There is a scripture in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7. It says these words, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That word resist means set against. To activate, to strive, to attack. To attack. Don't just be there and sit and say, Well, the devil is hurting me. Shut up. Come on, men of God, women of God, get up and say to that old serpent, you ain't got nothing to do here with me. The picture of this, of this scripture, is a soldier standing in his, in his, in his greens, you know, uniform, with a knife, like those big old knives, on his, in your teeth. And another one on there, ready to strike back. Can you imagine, if you can imagine yourself like that, there ain't no weapon formed against you that can prosper. Why? Because you're a warrior now. You're a warrior now. You're not a weenie. You're a warrior now. Come on, somebody. The church needs to learn how to be effective, but you got to speak. Dominion comes from God. He's the one that loosens everything up. See, I like to pray, but I like to be secluded. I don't like nobody hearing me. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to let down my hair, let down my tears, let down, be there before God and just say, Silas, get, get, come on, I need a touch of you. I haven't had a good one. I, 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 need, to, I need you to come and man. I need you to really get a hold of me and shake me up. Shake me up with some revival so I can stir my soul. I don't want to go back to my city the same way that I came to the conference. I want to go back to my city like a soldier. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. Yeah. See, now we have churchianity. Churchianity has been so cold and dry. If you yell like I do in one of the services, they'll walk away. Because they'll say you're too loud. Let me tell you, the old time preachers were loud without a microphone. Come on, somebody. Because they were stirred. They believed in something that was more powerful than they were than they were. And I know we, need, we teach and we do that. I understand. 
But God has to loosen the dimension that he wants us to get into. Acts 2, verse 40. And with many words did he testify and exhorted, saying, Say, save yourself from this uh, perverse generation. Constantly they were using their voices. You got to use your voice. You see, some of your voices, you use them when you're hungry. I'm hungry! <laughs> and there ain't nothing wrong like that. But if we start praying and using our voice to use it against the enemy as we speak, things begin to happen. In the chapter 2, verse 45 of the book of Acts, it says, They sold all their possessions and goods, parted them to all men, every man that had need. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house did they eat their meat and gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What were they doing? They were soul winners. Soul winners. You know, to win souls is one of the most exciting things you could do. I love winning souls because every time I win something, some, somebody to the Lord, man, it excites me inside. It lights me up because I brought somebody to the Lord. But if I'm always stuck in myself, I don't get no excitement. And that means that I'm a friendly person. I'm a kind person. I take Notice of what they're saying, and I take notice where I can minister, and I minister the word of God, and they get saved. They're easy. Catholics are easy to win over. They're easy. Why? Because they have the same doctrine. They believe the same thing. All you have to add, you need the Holy Ghost, because they ain't got the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. Are you with me tonight? Should I keep going? All right. You said it. These people broke religious, religious institutions. Things that intimidate them, they, they broke these things. They broke them because Peter was a nobody that God changed. When he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden he was the boldest person in the world. 3,000 got saved, 5,000 got saved just because Peter got baptized in the Holy Ghost and allowed his body to be used by the Holy Ghost. You got to ask God, use me. Use me. If you're hungry enough, say it. Use me, Lord, to, the, to capacity. Use me. Because let me tell you something. A lot of the people that I was walking around, they're dead now. I'm still alive. My sinner friends are dead now. But I'm still alive. Why? I got something in the Holy Ghost. I am electrified with the Holy Ghost. And he gives you the power to stand in every condition. But you got to speak it out. Speak it out. The other thing that they had was dominion over money. They were not run by money. Say it with me. I am not run by money. Say it louder. I am not run by money. Say it again. I am not run by money. See, there are certain principles that the Word of God brings out if we're going to be that aggressive arrow. That arrow that, that is a good arrow. Listen to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation, and I, will, Lord, will hasten it in his time. Now, we know he's speaking about Israel, but it speaks to us also. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. God did not save us just for me. God saved us to create and to duplicate ourselves in others. God gives us money to duplicate ourselves and others. God has a way of using people to become a nation. Now, I don't think Raymond would have ever thought that he would have owned this whole land. Now, he's got all this land. As a matter of fact, I changed his name the first night. 
I told Raymond, you are Jabez. Why? Because God's blessed you and is about to bless you more. More. Because he's expanding everything because he not only wants a couple of thousand, he wants a whole nation. And then the book of Matthew. I can't see where these lights are. I just got... Sheesh. Okay. I'll, I'll read it. It's 10... I think it's 1016. I'll send you... I send you out as sheep among wolves. Isn't that powerful? This is what Jesus said. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. What a crazy thought. In other words, we, we sheep can control the wolf. And we can slaughter the wolf. This is the picture that he's sending. You might be a little person, but you can slaughter that wolf. You got a voice in it, within a voice, and you can slaughter that wolf. Because there ain't no devil that can stop the work of God once it starts. There might be opposition, but you can't stop it. So this is a picture of us slaughtering wolves. A supernatural conquest. I've seen guys that are the most simplest guys. And I've seen girls that are the most simplest people. God makes them into extraordinary people. See, you, you heard Edgy and you heard Manuel. Edgy was a world of trouble to me. This guy fought with everybody. Every time we had church, we had a fight. One day he came in, man. I said, where you been? He had half a shirt. I said, where you been? He says, well, I went to the store to buy this and that, and somebody called me out, and I had to beat him up. I said, okay. I said, answer me this, Edgy. Did you beat? He said, yeah. I said, go over there and clean up. And then God started shaping him, shaping him into the man that God wanted him to be. But it takes time, it takes time. That's why you cannot look at who you are, look at what God's going to about to do. So money, I'm talking about money now. I don't know where I got off on that one, but it's okay. Things cannot be normal. You see, I had to break something in my mind and my spirit because I was brought up in the neighborhood and I didn't never thought that I could have things because I always worked hard for what I had. And I tried to support my wife and my child. And that was my dedication. I didn't know how the kingdom of God worked. I didn't know. God had to show me how I had to advance myself and accomplish what he wanted me to accomplish. The first thing that he had shown me, he says, I want you to understand the atmosphere of darkness and the atmosphere of God. And I want you to understand this other thing, that I'm in charge of all darkness. I am the author and the finisher of everything. And he says, now you've got to understand the atmosphere of Satan's kingdom, which is called mammon. Say with me, mammon. Mammon, mammon is found in, in there in the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. You can write it down. It talks that you cannot serve money and mammon. God and mammon. God and mammon. You cannot serve. Now, the reason why Jesus said this is because everybody was controlled by mammon. I don't know if they brought me that little thing that I need, uh, uh, that I need right now. But mammon is, is a, a very ugly spirit. It is a demonic force that stops the work of God. Mammon in Spanish means mamon. Now, this is a pacifier, right? It's a cute pacifier. But what is it used for? Because I'm going to illustrate how God changed me. Okay? I'm going to illustrate. Because I didn't understand this. The spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon comes to just, just like this thing satisfies a baby but has no nourishment or just, you know, entertains them for a little while. And, and this little thing, you know, you just want to keep the baby quiet, just say, hip and it's over. <laughs> right? 
And, and mammon uses this little thing. That's how small the weapon is. But translate this into your money. It's a spirit of mammon. And this is what it says to you. Don't give in the offering because you don't have enough. You're not going to have a miracle for you. Don't give your 10%. Don't give your offering. And he tells you, suck on this. And when you suck on this, then you are pacifying yourself that you're doing what's right while the devil is stealing all your money. It's the spirit of mammon. In Spanish, mamon. Sounds weird in Spanish. Well, I can't give my 10% because I'm going to go broke. Well, mammon will tell you that's right because God's a liar. God's a liar, so suck on this. But when you say, I rebuke you, spirit of mammon, you put this aside. And you say, I have the spirit of faith that God will supply all my needs accordingly to his riches and glory. That's the spirit that the church has to conquer. I learned how to conquer it in my church. In the church, first church, this is my second church. I conquered it. We were, I, I trained all our guys and all our ladies to give. We were giving more than the assemblies of God when they came down to missions. I had my own mission department. They would ask me, how much are you giving? Half a million. What are you giving? A hundred thousand. And here are these poor people that I had. They were not rich people. They were people that said, we don't want no more mammon. We want the blessing of God. We want all that he has. And all the misfits that I had had brand new cars, had their kids properly dressed, had a job, but they were givers. Amen. They believed more what God said than their own intelligence. Amen. It is a spirit of mammon. Espíritu de mamón. All you folks that speak English, say it with me. Espíritu de mamón. Don't tell me you don't know Spanish. You see, you just learned something. And that's the problem. Because you suck so much on this, you end up in poverty thinking that you can prosper. If you're not giving to God, well, now you're a spiritual robber. You were a robber out there, and now you're a robber in the house of God. And yet you lift up your hands and say, Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh Hallelujah. But when the offering passes by, hey, it's because now you're sucking on this. And then pastors, listen, this is where I beat the devil. I wasn't afraid to preach on money because I was afraid. I bought a brand new Cadillac, you know, on credit, not cash, on credit. And I bought it for my wife, and, she, and I said, you can't, don't, don't take it to the church. This is how sick I was. This is how poverty-minded I was. Don't take it to the church. Just park it somewhere far and walk. Not only was the church sick, the pastor was sick. I was sick. I admit it. Because I was paying for my car. The church wasn't paying. I was paying it with my salary. And now I was embarrassed that good credit gave me that car. How stupid could I be? I was sucking on this, eh? 
We got to renounce the works of darkness. We got to renounce the spirit of mammon and say, I rebuke you. God will bless me with money. And when he does, I am giving what belongs to God so for the work of God can keep on going. Keep on going. Uh, yeah, right now I see the spirit of mammon all over some of you. Still hasn't broken. But I'm going to pray that if you have money, you drop it right here in the parking lot. And that pastor will pick it up in the morning. I'll say, look at this, man. It's a roll of money. And I hope he says, the robber came, but he didn't take it out of holy ground. So whoever dropped it, I pray a big blessing on them. Thank you for leaving it in the parking lot. And that happens in my church a lot. The ushers bring me money. Where'd you get that? Oh, they left and they dropped their money. I said, thank you, Jesus. That was the spirit of mammon that belonged in the house. And they weren't obeying, so God just took it out. I hope your wallet falls here. You see, some people don't like to hear this. I had to conquer it. I came out of the neighborhood. I was stupid. I was an idiot. I had to change. I'm not preaching about being rich. I'm not rich. I just have something. But it's on credit. Uh, it was on credit. I had to defeat El Espíritu de Mamón. And look at how acute they put that so you, you won't notice. You won't notice a cute little thing. You'll never forget this sermon, I guarantee you. Mamon. They conquered it. The Bible says they sold all their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Every man had need. See, there were some good special people there. Barnabas was one. He was wealthy in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 35 to 36. He gave everything that he sold. Now, we don't do that. We don't do that. Because everybody's got to go to work and everybody's got to do what they got to do. But all God asks is 10% and an offering. How much is 10%? You make $110 goes to the Lord. You, you used to hoard that in one night. And now you're holy then. And, and poor pastor has to suffer when he doesn't have to suffer. Paying the bills. Hey, nothing's free, bro. Nothing's free. I don't care what you tell me. Nothing is free. I've got three homes and I have to pay a lot of money. Nothing's free. That money does not go to me. It goes to all the brothers in the home and all the sisters. And all. That's where it's designed to go. I don't touch it. I don't touch it. I don't put nothing in my pocket having to do with the home. Nothing. I honor that. I tell the church, you give me a salary, but not the home. That is a blessing to them. And the church takes care of me, not the home. They take care of themselves. They're hard workers. And they're not crying. I don't want to go. Shut up. Here, suck on this. <laughs> you ought to buy a giant one and put it right here, you know, one of those big, one of, one of these big ones, you know. That way, when they say, what's that? It's the spirit of mammon that's taking all your money. <laughs> Pacifying you that you're going to make it. Do you know that we planted all these churches in, in 14 years? We teamed up with all our guys, and I said, you guys give whatever you want to give. But all this money is going to missions. We're going to get blessed. We're going to get blessed. It's all going to missions. Hmm. Every conference that we have, we pay for it before we even get there so that we won't be asking for money. It's all paid for. And I'm not talking about little money. I'm talking about 60 grand, 80 grand that we have to put out. But we raise it. And we do this to the devil. Pow! 
I'm not, I'm not asking for anything from mammon or anything. We, the children of God, are doing what we got to do. And the homes and the girls' home and the church, we are all working together to accomplish it. Why? Because we broke the demon of mammon. He no longer has rule over me. If God tells me, bless my brother, I'm going to bless him, and that's all there is to it. You don't have to pay it back. I don't care. Don't care. I just want to see God's kingdom. When I die, I want to go before Jesus. I didn't take nothing, baby. I'm here, and I'm grateful because you saved me, and I helped my brothers and my sisters. That's all. I got to live clean. Mm-hmm. And when you give, God loves a hilarious giver. When that basket passed by, if you can't go, <laughs> I can't wait to give it. Get rid of this cursed thing. And be excited to give. Whatever you can give. I, I had some wainitos. Look at this. Wainitos. A mom and a dad. They were winos. Winos. God saved them. Gloriously saved them. They had nothing to offer me. I took care of them and everything. They played in the worship team. They were, I mean, older people, glorious people. And then, you know, we were going through a lot of stuff. And I don't know how that happened. I was asking God, do something, Lord. I would look around and, hey, man, there was no rich people there. And then these guainitos came up to me and says, hey, pastor. I said, what? He says, we just got a settlement. What? Bless your heart. He said, yeah. Yeah, we got a settlement. And I want to give you 30000 and we're keeping 30000 Use it for whatever you want to use it. Wainitos. I said, shut up, shut up. <laughs> nice. Nah. Nice people broke the spirit of mammon. And they're still singing. Still singing after 20-something years. They're still singing. They haven't died. You tell me if they didn't break something more than what they saw. Mammon. Tell your neighbor, get rid of mammon, brother. Uh-huh. You see, every, everybody, listen to me. This is the cheapest thing you'll ever get. You pay $1 in your offering. You get child care. You get worship. You get a place where to keep your kids. And they're all protected. And you only give one dollar. You think you're not getting a deal? Where do you pay one dollar? You can't even go to the theater no more for one dollar. I think we got to learn how to be givers and good givers. And say, you know what? The chair I'm sitting costs some money. The lights are put up. This tent is here. Everything is here. And man, they feed us. They clothe us. They do everything. Don't you think it's about time that you and I say, you know what, I'm so grateful to God, so grateful to God, that I'm even going to get the the socks, I'm going to roll it down, get my money that's there. Come on, homies, you know what I'm talking about. You got those, don't give me none of that. You got some clavo, you got to. Man, you don't say nothing, but if I check your socks... And then you say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, man, you're sucking on it. (laughs) We want to do kingdom business. How many here want to do kingdom business? How many here want to do God's will? Then it's time to be renewed in the spirit of our mind and learn God's principles where it says in the book of Proverbs 3, 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruit of all thy increase. And so shall thy bonds be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. New wine. The presses, the presses will be overflowing with everything that you need. I got a home man. They're not eating rice and beans and Jesus Christ. I'm done with all that. They're eating steak. 
They are. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I've been a changed man. I've been a changed man. If I want to eat good, they're going to eat good. I've got the freezers loaded up with people that are helping me. And telling me to go pick up all this meat that Target has. Package. Yeah, everything, everything. Brisket, todo, chicken, whatever you want. I, I send my, my little gorditos, my little fat ones. Hey, go get it. You know why I do that? I know they're going to bring a lot. I don't send the skinny guys because, eh, you know. I send the big dudes, the big ones that are wallowing. All right, let's go, baby. Get the truck over here. Let's fill it up. I'm a big guy. We're going to be... <laughs> We're going to be blessed. <laughs> are you getting the picture? That didn't come to us until we broke the spirit. I don't depend on the government. I don't depend on any. I don't want nothing to do with government stuff. I don't. If God can't do it, then he's not God. Now, don't tell me you're going to throw away your Medi-Cal. I didn't say that. You didn't hear that. I didn't say that. I just said what I said to God. That's what I said. And I give everybody a free will, but we have connections. Hey, I want to be a fat Christian. Gordito vato. Pancho Villa, you know. I, 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 want, I want to see the best in the kingdom. Why? Because I want to defeat the spirit of mammon. Because if we don't defeat it, it defeats us. So I want to be the book of Acts church. Come on, somebody. How many of you want to serve God with everything that God... I look at all of you. I look at Nikki. I love my brother. I look at Fritz. I love it. You know. I look at Emilio. I mean, it's just blessing my heart to see him. And, and all the rest. I don't remember all the names, but I remember faces. But, but I get blessed to hear them. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy Sefer when he preaches his wife. Just beautiful people. I came here to get blessed. I sat down in the back. I got blessed. I got filled. That's what I came for. I'm not coming to, I'm coming to, to receive, to make me richer, to go back better. But I also want to leave a blessing here because they took care of us. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So I want you to get up from your seats. I won't finish. I have one more point, but yeah. A lot to say. I want you to lift up your hands with you, with me. And I want you to say some words with me. Which way, which way is east? Is it this way? Which way is east? Okay. I want you to turn that way. East. So if that's east, that's north, right? That okay, thank you, Bishop. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me. Okay. I want you to say, come on, lift up your hands. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus tonight, tonight is a night tonight. of blessing, blessing on my soul. On my soul. But, I but I care about souls. About souls. And in the, in the name of Jesus, we point our hands, point our hands to, the east, to the east and we command the devil, command the devil of the east to let go of all the souls that belong to our churches, that belong to our homes. In the name of Jesus, release your angels, lift them up, bring them here so that they can eat, they can get saved, they can get delivered. In the name of Jesus, now give them a shout and a praise. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now turn to the north. Turn to the north. Lift up your hands this way. Close your eyes and repeat after me. We thank you, O Lord, 
for saving us, for making us whole, and making us rich in the kingdom of God. And right now, we command the spirit of the north to let go of all those souls that belong to our churches, those that are hurting, those that are bound, those that are imprisoned, that you will move by your angels, bring them here so that they can serve you, so that we can feed them, so we can bless them in the name of Jesus. Now give the Lord a shout and praise. South, my right, south, right, okay. Lift up your hand, say, Jesus, I thank you for my salvation and because you washed me in your precious blood. And right now, we command the demon of the south to let go of the souls that belong here into this ministry, into these churches, into these homes. In the name of Jesus, we release your angels. Go pick them up. Set them free in the name of Jesus and bring them back here to this church so that they can be blessed and get saved in the name of Jesus. Now speak in tongues. Come on, just speak in tongues. Shara la bosipa, kura la basapa la la basapa, kura basipa la barando. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, kura basita. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kura la basita para la basata, kura para la bosipa. In the name of Jesus. Now give them a clap offering. Come on. Oh, yeah. Let's go west now. I think I got it right. West. Say, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. And right now, we are pointing our hands towards the east. And Lord, you have commanded us and given us the power over every demonic force. And in the name of Jesus, we command the spirit of the West to let go all the souls in the West so that they might get saved in the prisons as homeless, as regular people in the name of Jesus, set them free in Jesus' name. Now speak in tongues that way. Send the blessing that way. Send the blessing that way. Kura la vasapa la la vasapa. Shepara la vasapa. Kura la vasipa para la vando. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kura la vasapa la la varala. Thank you, Jesus. Now give him a praise and a shout and a clap of him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Now lift up your hands towards heaven and let's praise him. Lord, we thank you for this conference. We thank